0: Welcome to Phone Messages, Episode 97, I'll Find Some Music. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play message number three from Andy Golub. And once again, I am fortunate to have an interview with him. This time, we met in person on a rainy Sunday in Stuyvesant Square Park. Andy's wife, Nora, was very kind and held an umbrella over the equipment as we talked. The message comes from the summer of 1989 and is 42 seconds long. Here we go. Hey, Paul. This is Andy. You're not home, but you said you might call me when you got home. Find some music. Good
1: music. Uh, um. Uh, it's seven. Almost. Well,
0: not quite seven. On a Monday. I saw you outside, and well, I'll try to get back to you later. Bye bye. Good luck with M. Bye bye.
1: I think I, I may have been um, trying to play music in the background, I think I, I saw, got a, a, new, um, a new record at the time, and my um, microphone wasn't probably powerful enough to pick up in the background, so I was coming back out, turning the volume up or down, and trying to get uh, you to listen to a little snippet of what I was playing. I think it must have been a, a pretty lazy day, if it's uh, you know, 7 o'clock on a uh, Monday. I'm calling you um just to hang out because we lived uh by each other i think you were just like down and across and so i must have like seen you come back through the the back because the front yard was a a parking lot i think i was on the third floor uh allowing a huge amount of sun coming in so it was like a sun blasted you know sort of tall ceiling old loft like studio building with you know rambling stairs in the back to, And then I I also think we had, you know, some event. I I remember hanging around with you and this young woman, Emily Rapp, who is likely the M. Um, I remember driving up to go to the, I think it was a music box theater, to see Todd Haynes' Karen Carpenter movie, which was a first-person narrative with her as a Barbie doll, as the actor, which was, you know, a pretty vicious portrayal of, of bulimia at that time and you know it, it was a, you know a pretty gruesome depiction of like a pop star you know who's losing her battle with um like depressions and and self-image and and all sorts of you know devastating images while having to be the picture perfect image of, of american youth you, you know th- and then there's a lot of scenes of her you know sort of throwing up into a toilet which was you know sort of innovative for film at that time to have a barbie doll and then have a, a human perspective view of, of, of like all these actions
0: that film later became banned
1: yeah I, I think there was copyright infringement issues and the carpenters sued for it and it was sort of uh, disappeared forever and then you know looking back you know i have like some odd recollection of like sitting with you looking at the reader and talking about it and making a plan to go see the, the film todd haynes was you know sort of at that point not really like made anything you know but i think they must have done a, a feature on it that uh caught our attention because uh, after that, you know, we've seen the career trajectory, you know, and have like a, um, you know, a secret satisfaction of having, you know, noticed him, you know, from early on.
0: Now I have a good question I just thought of. <laughs> Your brother is older than you, correct?
1: By a year and a half. Yep. He chose to go to the University of Chicago. He he transferred in uh, the same year I came as a freshman. He had been at Hampshire College, and I think he wanted to move from, you know, the woods to a city, at the same time I was, you know, sifting through different colleges. I think I visited Chicago and had a reasonably, like, you know, good impressions. Um, My brother at Hampshire had a really good friend uh, his freshman year who's from Chicago and he may have visited there, and and so independently we we, um, convened together into the city. Somehow, like, there's a question of who made the decision first, but it was really, like, oddly, like, simultaneous the first year we didn't spend all that much time you know he was really quite busy with his stuff i guess and i was like doing all the dumb freshman activities and uh, we lived together my second year Uh, i was not necessarily the most focused student and so living with my brother you know gave me a little bit more focus and um, you know he was able to rip into my work and give me like really direct criticism so academically you know it was good and, and uh you know respect him as a big brother for that um, you know, what was interesting about um, my year at Chicago was, you know, I'm Andy Golub, brother David Golub, and there was like another set of brothers who are Golubs, who are my year and my brother's year. People would say, do you meet the Golub brothers, and they'd say, well, yes, but I'd never met them. And it would be, you know, opportunities for interesting, you know, sort of like confusion and, and, and mistaken identities. Jonathan Golub was the older brother, and Mark Golub was uh, the younger brother. They were always around together because they were champion debaters, so they were always together practicing for some debate tournament. Mark lived in Burton Judson, where I had um, my meal, so we were in the same sort of group of of friends. Uh, So I I got to know him pretty well. Uh, And in fact, at one point, you know, went on a road trip to visit his home in West Lafayette, Indiana.
0: Todd Haynes filmed Superstar the Karen Carpenter Story in the summer of 1987 while he was an MFA student at Bard College. It appeared at the Toronto Film Festival in August of 1988, and after that had showings at a few art house theaters, including in Chicago. I found a listing in the Chicago Tribune for Friday, July 21st, 1989, at the Music Box Theater. So this is likely the day Andy, Emily, and I went to see the film. Superstar was prohibited from future exhibition in 1990 after Richard Carpenter won a copyright infringement lawsuit. However, the film continued to circulate underground, via low-quality VHS duplicates, and several of these bootleg copies can now be watched on YouTube. One of the most memorable sections of the film for me was when three musicians are interviewed documentary style. The first two dismiss Karen Carpenter as a saccharine and shallow pop vocalist, but the third calls her an underrated singer who had sophisticated lyric phrasing. After seeing this, I had a new appreciation for the melancholic sound of the Carpenter's classic 1973 compilation album that my mom bought when I was a kid. The summer of 89, their music had a revival among my friends, and it wouldn't take much to inspire singing the chorus of Superstar at the top of our lungs. All right, that's it for this week. I'm still trying to find Emily, who also has left messages on my machine from that summer. If you know how to reach her, or would like to help in any other way with this podcast, please contact me through my website, pfoch.com. That's P F O T S C H.com. Many thanks to Andy and Nora for braving the rain, which you can hear pouring down in the background of our interview. And thank you for listening. Talk to you next week.